0: Here we go. We're live. We're live. We're live. We're live because we are alive. We are alive. We are alive today. And I do have a message. I have a message that really fits perfectly within the theme of of what um, we have been communicating. The last few weeks, months, we've been talking on the Holy Spirit. And when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we recognize that the Holy Spirit moves with the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is the um, propagator, the thought behind every movement of the Holy Spirit. And so it is, it is according to the purpose of the plan of God. The Holy Spirit does not deviate from the plan and the will of God for the nations and for our own personal lives. And so when we're talking about the Holy Ghost, we're talking about a one way Street, so to say. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about the only way that we get to the Father is through the Son, and that now the Holy Spirit is giving us a revelation of the Son of God so that we will be conformed to the image of the Son, the very image of the Father. And when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we can never lose hold of that we have something to do with the movement of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit doesn't um, want a vessel that is stuck in His way, but the Holy Spirit wants a vessel that is fully yielded to the way of God, fully yielded to the movement of God, fully yielded to the mind of God, fully submitted to the Word of God. And so the title for today is Hold Fast and Stand fast. Or can we say stand fast and hold fast? Because in Christ now you have a standing. You have a standing with God. You stand before Him in love. You stand in Christ. We recognize that our stands before God is is in the stance of His Son, that the Son made the way that we now have a standing, a good standing with our Heavenly Father. And so in that stand, we stand. And when we stand, we are to lay hold of that for which He has laid hold of us for. And so there is a great contending in this stance. There is a great contending in our Christian walk. Our Christian walk is not a walk in the park picking up the daisies of the field. I wish it was, and it's not. Our Christian walk is a walk of divine purpose. Our Christian walk is a walk where you have determined within your own heart that you will pursue after the one that has laid hold of you now. You will pursue the one that has pursued you. That you will fully yield to the one who's yielded himself to you. That you will be wide open to the one that's wide open to you now. And that is our Father God. And when we come to the reality of God, when we become Born again, we recognize that now there is a plan for my life. Now there is a call, and I remember earlier on, and I there's still moments where I'm before the Lord for wisdom and revelation of the plan of God for my life. But I remember early on getting becoming born again, and any. Entering the church, the importance of the local church, and I was plugged in the local church, and, and, and all my younger peers, they were all, we were all talking about the plan of God, the call of God. What is the call of God? The call of God. The call of God. And I remember taking a burden. I'm like, oh my, they all talk about the call of God. There sure is a call in my life. What is the call of God? I don't know what the call of God is. And, and the Holy Spirit started moving on my heart to really submit to the Word of God. That as I read and meditate the truth of the word, I become acquainted with the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because you see, the Holy Spirit penned the word. He is the author of this word. He inspired men of old to write truth. And so when I read the word, he's cultivating my heart. He's creating a tender heart within me. When I meditate the word, he's allowing me to discern wrong thoughts so I can bring them down and make them submit to this truth. When I read the word, I'm one with his spirit because I'm receiving of this spirit because the word of God is spirit and truth. The word of God is my life now. And so when I partake of this divine life, I am consuming divine reality. And this divine reality that's coming in me, this living word, living alive, that's coming in me, it's quickening the deposits of God that have been laid dormant for a moment such as now. His quickening when I became born again, he knew what his place in, in my mother's womb when I was shaped and molded. And at the right time, such as Paul says, at the right time, Jesus revealed himself to me at the very right moment. And when the Holy Ghost led me in the word of truth, I became, can I use the word addicted to truth? I became, I became one with truth. With this truth, I so wanted the truth to mark my thoughts. I so wanted the truth of the word of God to mark my way. I was, can I say, desperate for truth. I was desperate to be conformed to the image of truth. I was desperate to become one with my father, which I know I already was, but one in mind. Because I recognize I now do have the mind of Christ. And it's not just a having that's somewhere over there, but it's a walking out having where I'm now possessors of a divine mystery. We are am a possessor of, of living reality. Where now I can dispatch of that which I possess to another. Where now I'm a life giver that now in Christ I'm a life giving spirit. And so the call of God is you're a Christian. The call of God is you are your father's child and you will do as you see your father do. And so we had for a long season talked about the Holy Ghost because he is the enabler. For us to see what our Father is doing. He's the enabler. He's our sight. He's our hearing. He's the one that, that brings forth a crisp understanding of what we're walking out, which is the call of God. Every moment as I'm yielded to the working of the Spirit, I'm walking out the call of God. And at times, it's, it's not a full picture. But it's one step at a time. It is being patient in your moment. Recognizing there's a great work of transformation that's happening within. Being patient with yourself. Recognizing there's a great renewing of a mind. There's a transformation of one old oh, mindset that I I was raised up with as a child because I didn't come into the Lord until I was like in my early 20s, 21, 22 and And at that moment, that mindset had to die. I had to put it to, I'm putting it off. I had to put it off and I had to put on the new mind, the mind of Christ, which is the armor of light. And I, in that moment, recognized that I had something to do with this transformation. And this is where my message is today. Stand fast and hold fast. And that's what Paul tells the Galatians, chapter 5, verse 1. Right after, he tells him that this is a work of the Spirit. That our perfection is not according to the flesh. That in the flesh we cannot attain perfection. But now through the Holy Ghost, we're walking out this pure faith. That because of faith, it's it, and it, I'm thinking of, of Galatians 3 in particular, just uh, verse 6, just as Abraham believed God and was accounted for him, accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And so he's talking about our sonship is in God. Our sonship in God is by faith. And then he comes and breaks it down and talks about the two covenants and the one is the It refers to Hagar, the works of the flesh versus Sarah, the works of the Spirit, that the son that came through Sarah was the son of promise, and it came through the Spirit. And so we are now uh, born of the Spirit. We're born of the free woman. We are children of the Spirit. And right after that comes chapter 5. He's saying, now that you know that you are of the Spirit, now that you know that you are of liberty, now that you know that you have a freedom, Persuasion which is by faith. Now you stand fast in this persuasion. Now that you know that you are born of the Spirit. Now that you know it is by faith. You continue this way. And it looks like chapter 5, 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And I love, I wanted to look this up in, let's see if I can look it up. The New Living Translation. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure, now make sure that you stay free. What? I thought I've already set free by the power of the Holy Ghost. Yes, we are. But we engage this freedom. We engage this freedom by the choices we make daily. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Don't become bound to the do's and the don'ts of a religious system. Don't get bound and go back in the ways of the world where you have to earn something if you work really hard at it. I like the English Standard Version. For freedom, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Why did He set us free? To bind us? No, for freedom. He set me free to be free indeed. He didn't set me free that now I become a slave to him, like ah, I got to now execute, like he's my dictator. No, this lead of the Holy Ghost is a freedom lead. It is a lead where you never feel so free in your life, free from the condemnation, free from the accusation, free from the taunts, free from the engagement of your flesh that you couldn't say no to before, free from the doom and gloom that's found, in the world. You are free. Why? Because you've been raised together with Christ to a far above place, a place of glory, a place in the Father Himself, a place of dominion and power. And so today, know that this is why He set you free, for freedom. And so because He set me free for freedom, I am to stand firm. Therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Let us not submit again to a yoke of slavery. The Amplified Bible, that same verse, it was for this freedom that Christ set us free, completely liberating us. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery which you once removed which is telling me we can go back to that which was removed off of us. Which is telling me that we have a great agency within us, which is called will. And that we are to now submit our will to his will. And that's what standing fast looks like, a pure submission to the will of God. It is a pure submission to the mind of Christ. Lest I revert to another gospel like Paul is warning. Is it in, um, in his epistles? Lest I revert back to the old way. And the one way, the primary way that I submit is by holding fast to the word of truth. I hold fast to the word of truth. Because let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. On the way to 1 Corinthians 15, we'll, we'll stop at 2 Corinthians three seventeen. Always keep the context of the freedom of the Holy Spirit. That what we're talking about is what freedom looks like. Nevertheless, verse 16, Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is liberty and thereafter he tells us that we now with unveiled face we're beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord and as we're beholding us in the mirror this glory of the Lord we're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So freedom looks like transformation from glory to glory. What does freedom look like in my life? Transformation from glory to glory as I behold this mirror. As say, behold the mirror of the word of God. That's what James calls the word of God, a mirror. But after we look at this mirror, we're not to, to take our head off of the mirror and forget what we just saw. Be a forgetful hearer, but we're to be a doer of the word of God. We're to engage this word and allow the word to renew our mind with unveiled face. We're beholding this truth as in a mirror. And as we're beholding the reality of the written pages, the reality of life himself, there is life coming out of every word that's in the Bible. There is a divine life that's been broken, blood that's been shed for you coming out of this. This is, this is your spiritual food this is your this is your life and from this life you're really really receiving a metamorphosis a transformation which is divine what your flesh is becoming completely uncorruptible what do i mean by that it's called healing and health and vigor and life and strength it moves in and though it should Jesus tear and we go by the way of the, of the grave, that we should not be dying from sickness and disease. There is a provision in this new covenant in the blood and in the broken body that we go by the way from here to there. or just a step over because it's part of the plan of God. That we have Completed the assignment on earth. Oh, 1 Corinthians 15. I love this. Paul's writing his heart right here. Faith's reality. Chapter 15, 1 and 2 would read, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you stand. This is stand. When we receive the good news, it gives us a standing. We can only stand upright on the rock, who is Jesus. We can only stand on the truth that is the Word of God. There's no other standing; everything else is shifting, sh- shifting sand. So Paul says, "I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand. Look." by which also you are saved, what? He qualifies, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So he says, I've preached to you the gospel by which you stand and by which you became a child of God. You got saved, you got born again. And so he said, but now you continue in the standing. If you hold fast, and that word hold fast is if you take possession of it, make it your truth. If you lay hold of truth, let it not be just uh letters on the page that sometimes you pick up and you just uh, 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 read, read, read. Okay, 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 let's just go out and do the worldly thing because that's what everyone does. It's just how it is. We live in this time. It's just this time. It's a hard time. You just do the best you can do. And uh, I really don't have time to read my Bible. Uh, yeah, no, too busy. I'm too busy worrying about this. I'm too busy talking about the world. With uh, I'm just too busy. No, he says, make it your own. Lay hold. Take possession of truth. What does it look like when you know this is yours? It's yours. You keep it tight. Keep it tight. Or your wallet. I want to look at this in, in the another translation. The NIV. By this gospel you're saved. If you hold firmly, if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. Isn't that sad? If I don't take this as my possession, if this is not my persuasion, I can actually believe in vain. The English standard by which this is regarding the gospel that was preached was by which you were being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you unless you believed in vain. But the amplified is very telling. By this faith you are saved. Reborn, the faith that came from the hearing of the word of God, right? Because talking about preaching the gospel. By this faith you are saved, reborn from above, spiritual, spiritually transformed renewed and set apart for his purpose now, if you hold firmly to the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, just superficially and without complete commitment. Unless you believed in vain, he qualifies what believing in vain is, just in case we don't fully understand, superficially. Without complete commitment. Without complete commitment. First Thessalonians five. You go for First Thessalonians five, I want to read here the very next two verses that of the gospel that he preached, because it's good to talk about the gospel. For I deliver this is Paul's writing, for I delivered to you this is first Corinthians fifteen, three. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received. That Christ died for our sins. Don't let that depart from your understanding. Don't superficially believe that he died for your sin. Don't struggle with, am I forgiven or am I not forgiven? He clearly died. Be committed to the truth that he did indeed die for your sin. According to scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day. Don't, don't, don't debate whether he was resurrected or not. The gospel is clear. Be committed to the truth of resurrection that he rose again the third day according to the scripture as it was written. That's why it's important to know what is written because everything in the world will go according to the Scripture. I don't care what it looks like. It will go according to the Scripture. And if I have time, I'm going to look at an example in the Old Testament. A man of God who knew the scriptures and adhered to scripture and he could recognize the timetable of God and how he should pray according to the timetable of God. And this is what God is calling us that we are to be engaged as soldiers fully in the battle. We are to stand fast and hold fast and not let go of this divine persuasion and stop struggling of the elementary things that he died from my sin. Oh my dear, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel forgiven today. I'm not sure if I'm really saved. Well, you know, there's so many teachings out there. He might have really not resurrected. Well, I don't know. He might just be a good prophet. Well, you know, well, you know, Christianity, it's one of many religions. Well, you know, you know, you know, you gotta be inclusive. You, you just have to get along. Cause if you don't get along, who's gonna hear your story? Oh, shut up. You're just excusing that you're believing in vain. You're just excusing that being totally superficial and totally not committed to the gospel of Christ. Just be honest with yourself and pick up the word. And the Holy Ghost is so kind. He will show you the truth. He was buried and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And that he was seen by Cephas, that's Peter. Then by the twelve and after that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once there are witnesses of his resurrection there are even witnesses to his ascension there are witnesses even even here he continues and after that he was seen by james then by all the apostles then last of all he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time that's regarding paul he is the living christ he is the living christ not only did he die and resurrect and ascend, he is still alive. nothing gone wrong with him. There's no tarnishing in heaven. Jesus is the life he appeared to Paul. And so our persuasion is to be firm. Our stance is to be firm in the liberty. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Now stand in this freedom. What? So we're to contend for the gospel of Christ. Yes, we are. There is a spiritual adversary. There is a spiritual climate called a.k.a. the world. And Satan is the boss of the spiritual system, a.k.a. the world. The, the whole world is under the sway, under the sway of the one. The whole world is wanting to communicate that this truth is not truth, but it is the truth. And everything would line up <laughs> to decree. It is the truth. Regardless of who says what, God's word abides forever. Though heaven and earth may pass away, the word of God remains forever. And so, here we go, 1 Thessalonians 5:19, regarding the Holy Ghost. Let's start 16. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Look at the context. This is great edification. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I used to camp here, right, a lot. When things, especially early on after I got born again, and I was like, the will of God, the will of God, what's the will of God, what's the, will? and then a man of God came and says, Desi, there are certain things that pre evident as the will of God. Here's one part of the will of God for you, Desi. I was going to say Desi Schneider. I was not Desi Schneider. Before, my maiden name was different, but he said to me, Desi had called me with my last maiden name at the time. He says, this is the will of God here for your life. Rejoice always, Desi. Pray without ceasing, Desi. In everything give thanks, Desi, for this is the will of God in Christ. I'm like, oh my dear, really? It actually says this is the will of God for my life. If we practice these things, we are walking out the perfect will of the Lord for our lives. But look at 19. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not quench the Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you've been sealed until the day of redemption. Do not despise prophecies, prophetic utterances that come of the Holy Ghost. That's one way you dis- you, you quench the Spirit is when you despise when, you pers- when the Holy, is comi- go- Holy Ghost is communicating through a vessel and you despise the utterance. You're despising the Holy Spirit. You're quenching Him. Look 21. Test all things. Do they magnify Jesus? Do they, do they from the truth of the word of God test all things? And then hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Hold fast of what is good. The word of truth is good. Let's go uh, to Timothy's now. Let's go 1.18. We're going to track through Timothy a bit. Okay, let's do First Timothy 18, and we'll see which way we go. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them, by these prophetic utterances, you may wage a good warfare. Well, here Paul told to the Thessalonians not to quench the Spirit, not not to stifle the spirit by despising the prophetic word. And so we recognize by receiving the prophetic utterance that the Holy Ghost is inspiring a vessel to speak. It's actually part of our warfare. And so when you despise the move of the Holy Ghost through a godly vessel, you're actually cutting your arm short. Because these prophetic utterances, by these, Paul tells Timothy, you are to wage a good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and continues to give examples of those who have rejected. Let's go to um, chapter 4 here, 16. Take heed to yourselves. Take heed to yourselves. Check on yourself. And to the doctrine, continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. By like, what did Paul tell 1 Corinthians 15? That if the gospel that was preached produced faith unto salvation in their hearts, and brought forth a standing in their lives, but now they were to continue to lay hold of that faith, to lay hold of that truth that they heard, because that's how they continue in their salvation. Here, Paul tells Timothy, this, when you continue in truth, in, in doing so, you will save both yourself and those who hear. You mean I've got something to do with my salvation, yes? Yes. Continue in the faith. Yes. Continue in the faith. And that's where it comes into chapter 612. Fight the good fight of faith. 612. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on internal life. And that word lay hold is seized with a focus resolve. Oh, I don't have a focus. Oh, yeah, you have a focus. Yes. How long are you in that device there? You're pretty focused with it. Well, you do have a focus. Now use that focus to focus on the word of God. To lay hold on eternal life. To seize with a focused resolve. Truth. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Verse 20, same chapter. Oh, Timothy. Oh, Timothy. Guard. Contend, guard, lay hold, keep, what powerful words, guard what was committed to your trust. Avoid the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. Knowledge, full of contradictions, full of striving, full of idle babblings, but they're calling it knowledge. No, no, thank you. That's not knowledge. That's foolishness. A total distraction to your walk in Christ. You have to have what a focused, resolved gaze, a seizing, a laying hold on eternal life. When you have a focused, a resolve on what you're doing, you're not looking sideways. Why? says, by professing it, some, by professing these false knowledges, some have strayed concerning. The faith, some have strain concerning the faith. We go over over to chapter to Second Timothy, now chapter one, verse 13. I love this verse 13 and 14 tells again that me and the Holy Ghost work together. Me and the Holy Ghost work together in this standing and in this laying hold in the salvation that we have. It's not all up to the Holy Spirit. So, oh, well, he's so big, he can navigate my life. Yes, he's navigating your life as you fully yield to his navigation. How do we yield? By laying hold on this truth. Through reading the Bible. Simple. The meditation of truth. Hold fast the pattern of sound words sound words, which you have heard from me in faith, this is heard from Paul, in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing, that good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. I keep it by the Holy Ghost that dwells in me. It's me not quenching the work of the Holy Ghost by me keeping the Word of God. I'm giving freedom and expression. I'm giving the Spirit of Liberty and expression to have His way in my life by me just keeping to the Word. It's not rocket science. We just want to jump the hoops and go to this seminar and that seminar and and then uh, uh, just just read your Bible. Attend your local church and read your Bible. Don't forsake the assembling together the saints, especially in this last hour, and read your Bible. Have the right kind of fellowship. The right kind of fellowship. 2.15. <laughs> Why? This is it. Be diligent, Paul to Timothy. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed. I don't want to stand before God ashamed. Look down on the ground, say, well, yeah, you did tell me, but yeah, yeah, sorry, God, something else came up. No. No, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. If you engage with idle babblings, it leads to one thing, an increase of more ungodliness. Titus 1, 9. This is qualifications for elders. Let's say verse 7, 1, 7, For a bishop must be blameless. Don't say, well, I'm not a bishop. Well, you're a child of God, and, and this is the rule of honor. This is the code of honor right here. A bishop must be, for a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God. Not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent. Not greedy for money, but hospitable. A lover of what is good. A lover of the truth. There's nothing more gooder than truth. Sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled. Verse 9. Holding fast the faithful word. Holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convict those who contradict. You knowing the word of God gives you a crisp standing in all conversations. It is your equipping. Because without the word of God, you'll not be able to exhort. You'll not be able to correct. You'll not be able to edify. You'll not be able to have a straight conversation that will be edifying to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I was going to look at Daniel, but I would not have that time. So we'll continue with Daniel next week. But just to start Daniel, I'll do just the beginning of Daniel. Context of Daniel. And I was going to use Daniel to um, be my example of everything I said that he had to make some choices he had to make some very difficult choices in a in a very ungodly environment, but the context I've got to tell you that it was the Lord who put them there. it was the Lord who put them there and we'll just start with this and 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 wrap it up uh, Daniel chapter one verse two, and the Lord all right so it let's go one in the third day of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord, take note, the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, and we know why that was, because they stiffened their neck, they would not repent, they would not repent, they would not repent, 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 not Not engage with truth, not lay hold of the truth, not stand firm in the liberty, no, 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 no. And so, yep, yep, they were given up to a deprived mind. And so, they were given up to, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Judah into the hand with some of of Nebuchadnezzar with some articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. And so at that moment, they also picked some of the children of Israel. So this is in, in verse 3, the tail end, some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, the young men in whom there was no blemish, pure-hearted young men, good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, and quick to understand who had Ability to serve in the king's palace in whom they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. So here is a perfect setup for our next lesson. That this, this, this young man, Daniel, was given in the hand of debauchery, I could say. And he was going to be greatly tested and he was going to come up as gold. Glory be to God. Amen. So today, what do we say? Stand fast and stand firm and don't let go of the word truth. Amen. That's it.